Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo and hello everybody, Mike here and welcome to a special live episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. Uh, as your dad said, as my dad, not your dad, that was my dad didn't do in the intro and he said no chrome or shiny stuff here, that's going to be true. Uh, although I did have a uh, hiccup with my guest, my original guest was going to be uh, Craig, who is a great dealer at the Nat, does a lot of shows. Tons of great vintage stuff. He's actually been on the Golden Age of uh, Cardboard podcast before. Unfortunately, he couldn't make the tech work and some timing with some things. And so I have I have another friend of mine that's going to come on, and I'll bring him on in just a second. But uh, if you don't know, uh, I am obviously a baseball collector on YouTube. I have a podcast through Bench Killer Media called Golden Age of Cardboard. You can get that wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, and so many of you guys are, uh, are, are watching that, listening to that. I really appreciate the support. It's awesome. And, uh, yeah. And then I do stuff on bench clear media, chasing cardboard. Uh, I'm kind of busy on the, on the content creation front front, but, uh, let me bring in my guests cause we're going to get started. Cause we don't have a ton of time today, 50 minutes or so. And I want to give as much time to you guys to, uh, yeah. Talk to this guy too. Best looking guy on YouTube, no doubt. Josh. What's up, man? What's up? What's up? Good to see you, man. I didn't know that was your dad, too. Yeah, right. Rated rookie here. What's up? Are we uh, talking NFTs today or what? We're totally talking NFTs. Uh, that was the plan all along. I was just trying to get people to come on and you know think we were going to talk vintage and, and stuff like that. No, how are you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. Uh, people are saying almost a month away, what, 32, 33 days away from the Nationals, so the, the countdown's on. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Josh is going to be one of my roommates. We got an Airbnb. Uh, we got a, a great crew of guys that are going to be staying with us. We're going to have a really good time, aren't we? <laughs> Should be quite the house, yeah. Uh, Andy's in there. So Andy, JT, Joe, oh my gosh. Is it true uh, that uh, Joe Silverjackify made you leave the Yankees game before that walk-off? Actually, that's not true. I have to take uh, full blame for that. I made him leave the Yankees game the other night. I was there Thursday night with with Silverjackify, and we left in the eighth inning, and the Yankees scored four in the ninth to win seven to six. And it looked I, we got back just in time to watch the end of it, and the place was going bananas. Uh, there you go. You got to do it. Right in rookie here. What's up? <laughs> Dang right. Dang right. 
sounds like animal house is the that's that's going to be right at the national um not a lot of sleep not a lot of sleep's going to be happening uh no ken i'm not becoming a dealer 20 bucks from mark stove collector oh. our first super chat which will lead me to i guess what i want to bring up we've got you know 40 people or so in the room let me uh let you guys know what's going on this whole weekend as you're watching bench clear media as you're watching all of the different live streams hopefully of your favorite content creators and all that kind of stuff if you give super chat money you will be entered into a raffle to win all kinds of stuff that i have gotten from panini it's all right here literally right next to me i mean got a box of prism that's a pretty good box isn't it josh that's huge uh i got baseball stuff wwe i mean it's all crazy. What boxes are going to be given away is on hobbypalooza.us forward slash hobbypalooza2022. And the way it's going to work is if you, you know, do five bucks, you get one entry. $20 super chat gets you five entries. $50 super chat gets you 15. And $100 gets you 40. Uh, if you were watching the last stream, I gave 100 bucks uh, as a donation because. Frank was also giving away a Ted Simmons autograph. And I'm like, great. I get to support a great cause and get a really cool Ted Simmons autograph that I know he got in person from Ted Simmons. That's just, it's the stories, right, Josh? I mean, awesome. uh, I mean, just last year when you and I were at the national, we walked around a lot together because we were, we think the same about car. You were looking for a maze rookie, right? I remember this. And you and I looked at, I don't know how many, a bunch. Everyone uh, in the whole convention pretty much yeah and as you would go or we wouldn't necessarily be together but you'd be like hey come over to table blah 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 i found one i'm, I'm thinking you know what do you think and you, you bought the dimaggio last year too right the play ball uh that one actually vince helped me out with that that i ended up getting afterwards but i got the maze rookie and it's funny okay. cards you kind of remember who you got them with who helped you out right same thing you know i remember when you got your maze rookie right it's like it builds the story and that's one of the benefits of the national right it's like you can have your buddies come look, tell you, weigh in whether it's a good deal and give you their thoughts. Yeah, uh, it, it matters. Like it. Um, oh, Chad. Oh, man. Uh, super chats are rolling in. Thank you, guys. Uh, John, five bucks. Thank you. Chad, thank you. A hundred dollars. Uh, that's awesome. I want to be the guy that raises the most money during my live stream. Like I want to be the guy that goes, yep, Mike killed it. Uh, so that's up to you guys to make that happen. So uh, appreciate it all. You're right though, Josh, the, the national is, I, I can remember where I got my maze rookie. I was with Andrew and I've said cards at the 18 or 19. I, can't, I wish I could remember. I, I can look it up what year it was, but in the moment I'm forgetting, uh, it was awesome. And I remember him talking me into that card. Like I, and, but I want him to, what's cool about your friends is they can also go, no, uh, don't do that. They, cause we get emotional, right. In the moment. Right. Like, I can't remember if I talked you out of any or not. I don't think I did, but, uh, it, it helps you think you want someone else's opinion. Who's not emotionally invested in the decision. Right. And Andy never buys anything. So he's like the most, not emotional buyer and so it's great to get someone who's not really tied into it you know you get kind of heated of course if you've been going back and forth with the negotiation and someone who can give you their opinion is super important wow another donation there yeah thank you jeremy lee wow jeremy 
but that's Canadian. I don't know if it's like 15 years. It might be like $4 US. I don't yes, know right now. There was needed. With inflation, you know, uh, John wants to know. So <laughs> just so you all know, Norman is not here. We, uh, because of Hobby Palooza this weekend, Julie took Norman and went out to the ranch. So I'm, uh, I've got an empty house this weekend so I can focus on all of this stuff. Uh, to make sure this goes off as well as it can possibly. I would say without a hitch, but the minute I say that, Mark and Bob are going to ruin it tonight by having some type of technical glitch and completely uh, screwing up all of Hobby Palooza. But yeah, we're going to give them glitch. Uh, so I got a question for you, Mike. What's, you know, I don't know how close you're playing it to the vest, but what's on your list this year for the National? Because I know you're not like Andy. You're going to walk away with something, right? Uh, I'll, if I don't buy a card in the first five minutes, something's wrong. Um I'm, I'm taking the largest budget I've ever taken to the national. And that's partly because I've been more conscious about kind of putting money aside for it personally, as well as like, Hey, this national, I think is going to be an opportunity to fire sales. Not a, not a great word. I don't like, I'm not throwing that around as I just think there's going to be some deals to be had and I'm not going to spend the money just to spend the money. But at the same time, I'm going to be ready to spend the money if the opportunities present themselves accordingly. Uh, so to that end, I have a list of 900 and something items that I would love to add to my collection. So my list is long. I don't go in going, I want this card, you know, but I will say I'm really eyeballing uh, a 48 leaf stand usual. I still haven't added that card and it's just been one of those that I really love that card and want it. And a 41 play ball, uh, Pee Wee Reese. So those are just two examples. What about you? Yeah, I went into this year with like six vintage cards kind of on my radar. Uh, I was lucky Brian Beroth um, helped me get the Jim Brown rookie and then recently got the Ted Williams rookie. So knocked off two. And then the other vintage cards that have kind of been on my list for a few years are the um, Bill Russell rookie, the Mike and rookie, obviously the 51 Bowman mantle. Um, all this has to be super low grade. So we're talking like PSA ones, right? And then potentially a T206, Cy Young or Walter Johnson. Those are the other ones that I've been kind of hunting for a few years. So we'll see. You know, a lot of it comes like into that one. Literally that one. Yeah. <laughs> Here, I'll just hand it over. Like, that would be cool if I could just do that and you pull it in. Like, that would have been. If only it's that easy. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting this one graded at the National. Oh, nice. Uh Along with, I've got a little short stack of national grading stuff I'm doing here. That's your favorite card, right? It is. This will be my second one of those. Um, and then a beat up easily PSA 1, 34 Gaudi. Okay. Another question for you. When you're buying, do you prefer like a beat up PSA 1 or do you prefer a nice looking authentic altered in a PSA slab? Oh, look. I'm not saying this is smart. In fact, it's probably very stupid, but I am a registry snob. And to that end, I need a freaking numerical grade. So the reality is I probably wouldn't buy either. That, that's just the truth. Um, but if I had, if those were the only two to choose from and I could have a really nice looking authentic or a crappy looking one, I'm going to choose the one, which yeah. is again, I'm not, this doesn't make any sense logically. Like it, it's so stupid to be that way, but I am. So it is what it is. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm the same way. I'd rather have, you know, a card that hasn't been altered, messed with, right? Nothing that's trimmed. Uh, we both got, you know, what was it? 48 Babe Ruth PSA ones, right? And I'd much rather have that PSA one, even if it's definitely a little beat up, but then the altered version, yeah. But isn't that another great example of a card, the, the 48 Leaf Ruth, of a memory where you and I know where we got them. We know we were with each other. We both bought them on two different days at the same show. Like you bought one and then I bought one the next day in Dallas. That's right. And I remember you telling me that night, like we came back because you stayed with me that weekend, didn't you? That's right. Yeah. And you were like, dude, if you don't buy that Ruth tomorrow, I'm buying it. I'm like, okay, that's enough. (laughs) The market's completely tanked since then. And that card's up. So, I mean, that tells you something, right? It is um, weird. That card has almost doubled since we bought it. Uh, and, our, and both of ours are PSA ones. So it's not like we have, you know, these huge grades, you know, these super high end grading ones. Uh, yeah. I'd be curious what the chat thinks about the PSA one question versus the authentic altered. Before yeah, there, minority there. There's Andy. I always say, no, he's right. That's his default. He's like, don't buy it. He's like, no. Um, Mike collects plastic over cardboard. Uh, Is that true, though? I mean, I I love the cards. Like, I want an example of the card. I just, like, my Walter Johnson's not going to be that high of grade, but it'll get graded, you know? Um, So, there you go. I always prefer a grade over authentic. Yeah. Now there there are some cards I would make exceptions on, uh, like like a mantle fifty two tops. I would. I know like Joe Silver Jacobi has an authentic and it's it's nice. You know, there's just some cards that you might, you know, be able to only afford something like an authentic. Um, yeah, I'm also not a huge fan of like just authentic itself. Like I rather, you know, if it's a one of one, sometimes they'll just get it authentic. Like that LeBron triple logo, man, I think it's just, I think it's just an authentic. Why not get like a PSA seven or an eight? I'd rather at least have some grade on it than nothing. Well, I know on the, and again, I don't know that I agree with this mentality, but there are people that say, oh man, if you can't get a 10, just get it. If it's a super rare card, right? Just get it authenticated. It's in a slab. It's protected. But if it's not a 10, like especially on modern, more modern cards, you wouldn't necessarily do that vintage wise. But Mike's right. Mike Summer says, you know, just because it's authentic doesn't automatically mean it's trim. No, of course not. Uh, right. Yeah, there's two different grades, right? There's the authentic grade and then there's the authentic altered grade. Right. And, um, I guess my question was, would you rather have the authentic altered or the PSA one for, you know, using your 2206 as an example? So pinhole authentics are fantastic. Even better than pinhole authentics are pin are pinhole PSA ones, right? It's an auto one with a pinhole. So I love finding those kinds of cards. I have several of them actually in my collection that look great other than some kids tacked it on his wall when in 1948 or whatever, like that's fine. You know? So when you, when you see a vintage card in a PSA nine or 10, like in these crazy golden auctions, do you assume they've been tampered with and they just slip by? Or do you think it's just a miracle? It came out perfect and it was preserved all these years. 
I both are probably true in, in, in different instances, right? I I so don't play in that sandbox. So I never I don't I, I hardly ever look at that stuff because it just makes me go, that's way and like never ever, you know. Um but no, I don't assume that they've been screwed with, although it's there's a prob there's a high probability of that in the reality of it, right? So yeah, I don't, I don't play in that world either. That's the uh, Nat Turner world, but it's still pretty crazy when you see a, you know, PSA 10, 54 Hank Aaron, right? It totally true. Uh, but that's what I love about vintage is the the lower grades can look great. They don't cost a fortune. You can get a copy of the card, which is what we all truly like. I just want a nice copy of the card, right? And I want it protected. I want it encapsulated. I want it graded. Um, but there's some, by the way, everybody, uh, those joining us, we've had some incredible generosity uh, so far on this with Super Chats. Thank you, everybody that's done that. So far, we're giving um, away a ton of boxes on Monday through raffle. So any Super Chats will go, uh, we'll get you entered into that raffle. So again, thank you, everybody that wants to do that and appreciate it. Uh, like Josh, do you go into a show though? Like going, okay, I want, you know, I'm, I'm really targeting this card. Yeah. I generally have, you know, one, two, three, four cars that I'm really targeting. And sometimes it's just one, um, in a show as big as the national, hopefully you're able to see some, and then you just see stuff you never see, right. You can be searching eBay for years and there's just certain things that pop up there that, are super rare so you kind of have to be ready to pounce the question always is timing right sometimes you you see that card in the first five minutes and if it's a solid deal do you do you jump at it or do you try to play the long game and say you know i'll check every table i'll come back in a, in a day or two and hopefully it's still there but sometimes it's gone right so that's always the question is when you see that card right away are you patient or you do you just pounce if it's super rare you pounce if it's a 65 tops Mickey Mantle, there, there will be tons of them there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. On a commodity card, you're definitely waiting. Right. And I did that last year with the 53 Bowman color mantle. I knew there would be a ton of them there. That was, I did have, I, now that I think about it, I did kind of make a top 10, top 15 list. Like, okay, I wanted to complete a Koufax run and a Clemente. Like there were some cards that I was like one or two short on finishing a player run. I'm like, Okay, these are kind of I, I really wrote them down so I wouldn't forget that I need like, hey, be looking for these because it turns in if you're at the national, it just turns into a sea of similarity. You just you become numb to it almost. You walk by a table, but I, I feel and I don't know if you're this way, if I get a card in my brain that I'm looking for, the 53 Bowman color mantle, and I go to a table, I can I can tell this quick if there's one there. Cause I'm looking, I know what the colors are. I know what it looks like. And I'm kind of, my brain is wired to identify that card. Right. It's weird how that works. If you look at an, if you go to enough shows, you kind of, okay, that's all modern next, you know, or whatever. I love the modern dealers though, Josh, where they have all modern stuff and the random vintage card that they might've gotten in some trade or, or some deal. And they're not really vintage guys. Those are guys, quite frankly, I look to take advantage of because they don't know what they have. Or if they do, 
they probably don't value it as much as the other stuff. And so they're just like, let me just get rid of this anomaly that's in my showcase as quick as I can. And usually it's a throw in in a deal or something. You know what I mean? Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, you ask yourself, why do they have that card? Well, they probably got it, like you said, as a throw in really cheap. So they're in at a, a low price point, probably, which means, you know, they're not going to give it away, but you're probably going to get a, a solid deal. So they're probably not sitting on that for a super long time. So that's a great opportunity. That's actually a good call out is the, the, the vintage kind of stuck within a whole modern table. Yeah. Uh, and I find that interesting. Um, not only is the national obviously great for getting cards, um, seeing your friends, getting autographs, as we saw in the last, uh, if you guys didn't watch Frank and Bill on the last hour of Hobby Palooza, definitely go back and watch that. If you're an autograph guy and you're and you're going to the national and that's something in, that's for you they had a lot of great advice in that um and a couple things that they mentioned that i want to bring up here because i think we could talk about it differently than maybe their perspective as autograph collectors is that the the national the dealers are set up on a, a legacy system right so the guys that have been doing it forever kind of get first choice and they're usually all up at the front and then you got the newer dealers that have just joined the the national fray towards the back in Chicago. That's very delineating. Ironically, they have right. The red carpet area in Chicago versus the not red carpeted area. Um, and somebody commented that in the comments, like, Oh, does that mean there's no vintage, you know, at different places in the national? And that's just not true. There's vintage everywhere. You'll see more vintage at the, at the national than you will say at the Dallas card show, very different vibe right? Um, Dallas is predominantly modern with a little bit of vintage. I would say that it's flipped for the national. It's predominantly vintage with plenty of modern, like, don't get me wrong. There there's enough of that crap that everybody and their mother has a Zion Williamson PSA 10 rookie, but, or Gavin Lux, you know, to, just to knock on your Dodgers a little. Um, this ball, that card was great at 20,000 times. So, don't be, don't make any assumptions about the national. It's best to go in with zero assumptions. Look everywhere for whatever you're looking for. Don't, and look in the corners, look in the, the booths that don't have anybody because you, oh, they probably have crappy stuff. There's nobody there. Maybe not what you're looking you know, Don't be afraid to look everywhere. Turn over every rock. Do you agree with that advice? Yeah. Not only turning it over on the dealer side, but if you see, you know, someone come in and they're trying to do a trade with a dealer, you know, after that deal is done, you can ask to look at their cards, right? And then, you know, these trade nights, the last, you know, in Chicago, the trade nights were insane, right? I remember going to the trade night that Ryan put together in Cleveland. It was kind of small little thing and it's just exploded since then. So, you know, that's kind of changed the whole landscape, right? In terms of who's the dealer, where the power is, that's kind of leveled the playing field a little bit and you can just find more cards that way too. Are you surprised over the last, since you and I have been going to the nationals, I think about the same amount of, this will be my sixth or seventh. What about for you? I think it's my fifth. Yeah. So similar amount of now. And one of mine doesn't count because it was 1990. That was like, I was like 17 years old. So I don't even remember much about it at all. So to me, the coolest thing about the national is the expansion of all of the kind of extracurricular activities. It used to be you'd go to the show, maybe go to dinner with a couple of buddies, and then you go to bed. Like it, there wasn't 
stuff to do uh, at night. Now there's stuff going on 24 seven. It feels like, right. Oh yeah. I mean, you see people the next day who just like been up till like three or four the previous night. People are going hard. There's more events. There's that um, Panini VIP. There's the trade nights. There's a YouTube meetup. The tops Q and A, which I think you were first in line last year. Eric's always good at asking questions at that one. So there's just you know tons of events. And then with Fanatics coming in, you would think they're trying to make a really big splash this year. They're obviously the you know the elephant in the room. So there's there's no shortage of of events. Well, let's let's talk through a few of those for those of you that might be going and are unaware. Uh, Wednesday night, there's typically not a ton going on because the because the show's open until eight, so it's it's a later show. All the other days, it closes at six, so there's more opportunity on those days to do evening extracurricular stuff. On Thursday, we are doing the YouTube get together, kind of whoever watches or content creator, I guess now because it's podcasters and not just YouTube, but anybody that creates content, we're doing a get together at the Sheraton, which is literally across the street from the convention center, basically in the lobby. Like there's no set room. We don't, I haven't rented any space. It's just show up at seven o'clock and hang out with people. And it's just like, Hey, everybody meet here. It's kind of this very impromptu, not impromptu, but just uh, informal for sure. Uh, That's the exact same time that, you mentioned uh, the trade night, the big trade night uh, hosted by Card Collector 2. Ryan, is that night. It's actually sponsored by the na- – like it's a national event this year for the first time, which who would have thought, right? Insane. Unbelievable. How that's grown out of like a you know small YMCA yeah. thing. I mean, even the YouTube meetups has grown so much. I remember in Cleveland it was like five people, me, Mike O, Nolan, Aliko, just grabbing beers. And then in Chicago we had – well over people there right yeah yeah and that so if you're just a if you're a content creator obviously come people and then if you're just a viewer just come watch so or come meet people not watch you won't be watching just come mingle and hang out and uh it's it's a great time the and, and it's a come and go so don't feel like if you go to one you can't go to the other go to the trade night for a little while and then come over to the youtube get together or, or go to the youtube thing and then hit the trade night you know, after hours, whatever. So it, it's, they're not mutually exclusive. You can do them all. Usually tops does their Q and a, which is uh, a great event. I've been to the last two or three, I guess. Um, oh, people are asking Josh, if you'll be signing at the YouTube get together for you, Vince, anything but- and he's doing, you know, uh, photo ops, like those are free. Um, Totally allowed. Actually, Josh, you may want to, you know, say required minimum $5 donation right here on this. Yeah, super, super chat, chat. Of course, if you want an inscription, that's another five bucks. You, you can look at it. There the you rent. go. Yeah. So super chat right now, five bucks, get Josh's autograph at the national. He'll be happy to do it. Uh, and oh, by the way, we'll help out signatures for soldiers. So the, I want to talk about the tops Q and a, so everybody wants to go to it. Only 150 people get to. So uh, you have to be on the ball. When were we there, Josh? Thursday at open? Right. Even before, though. I mean, right it was was going. Because they usually give away a card. This last year was at Louis, uh, Louis Robert, Otto. And those are serial numbers, like you said, at 125. So it goes fast. 
Yeah. Or one, I can't remember. Yeah. Is it 125, 150? It's, it's not many. Yeah. Uh, and it's literally you, you sign up and if you're not on, they cut it off and it it's done by if the show opens at 10, which is when they start, you know, allowing people to quote unquote, officially sign up. You can be in line for that. It's done in an hour. Like it's full. So if you're not there, don't be disappointed. It just is what it is. You know, um, uh, let's see what else do we want. So Friday night, you know, I mean, we're in Atlantic City, right? I mean, I plan you and I plan on hitting the tables a little bit. We're gonna have a little fun with that, I'm sure. Uh, Got a good poker game going. Andy and I were joking about like instead of chips, we can use our Gavin Lux, you know, PSA slabs. Is- yeah, so that's a min raise if you're doing a <laughs> min raise, Gavin Lux. Uh, white, you know, over the top. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, there's just always stuff to to happen. I don't think Atlantic City is going to have the same breadth of trade nights like it did in Chicago because I don't think the environment, the hotel environment is conducive to that because you've got really they're all casinos for the most part. And so they're not going to allow, you know, 100 guys with Pelican cases to start grabbing tables and make this impromptu card show like we saw in, in Chicago. I don't think Chicago hotels were happy about it either. But like, what are you going to do? Stop it. Wow, VOC, very generous. Did you see that comment? Uh, no. Where are we at? Vintage oddball cards here. Everybody should go to the get-together. It's a blast. Mike, I'll donate an autographed jersey you can give away. Bam. So if you go to the get-together, Rick will be giving away an autographed jersey, which he did last year, I believe, as well. Um, so that's awesome. Uh <laughs> So Rick is one of those guys who is an amazing YouTuber, has a phenomenal collection. If you don't follow Vintage Oddball Cards, if you like vintage, and if you're watching this show, you probably do, or you're just hanging out with Hobby Palooza. But uh, I met Rick at a national, and Rick can remind me the year. They all blur together. I think it was 19, and he's like, oh, I'm thinking about doing videos. So I'm like, hey, me and several others kind of encouraged him, like, hey, you should start doing content. And now, you know, Rick comes on. And, hey, guys, this is Rick, vintage oddball cards, you know. And so it, he became a part of the community. And that's the biggest thing is it's just such a community. People, oh, nobody will like me or what. Dude, just try it. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Um, pretty friendly crew. It is a pretty friendly crew. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? The Panini party. Are you going to the Panini? Because it feels like it's cheap this year. I think I think so. Yeah. They have uh speaking of NFTs, they have a NFT kind of invite going on where you get certain swag. So probably we'll go to that Friday night. Uh, I have a few friends going to that. If you want to go crazy and do the bottle service, I know how you like to roll. Oh um, wouldn't do it any other way. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> There's plenty of other options going on. And then for for you and the trade nights, like those trade nights are the sixteen year olds with their pelican cases. Usually, that's that's usually a lot of modern stuff. Like, are you going to that stuff? Do you have, do you even enjoy it? I won't. On I enjoy walking around and doing a lot of this, shaking my head, going, "This is nuts." It's cool to see the hobby that way. On it, like I love that part of it. I love the impromptuness of it. 
but I don't ever find any cards that I'm interested in it, but that's okay. Yeah. And for so many years, people said, Oh, the hobbies, all these old guys. Well, now you're getting some young guys in, so you can't have it both ways. It's fun. You know, it's nice to see the new blood. And then it's crazy. Some of these like, you know, 15 year old guys, they don't even have a license yet. And they have far superior collections to me. So it's just insane to see what some of these guys all around. Who rock bottle service. I'm more of a spam cheese whiz type of guy. <laughs> so I know there are several kind of groups of guys all with Airbnbs. We may be doing a, a house jumping, you know, from house to house. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, we stay a lot on those Airbnbs right now. The hotel rooms, my buddy was looking at valleys. I think it's like five, $600 a night. So really? Uh, yeah, so that that pays for the bottle service right there. Uh, we did really good then. Yeah. We have, and I'll just I'll be fully transparent. I don't care. Uh, we we got an Airbnb that is what three blocks away from the show, five minute walk, and we're paying a little over just over two grand, like twenty one hundred, for Tuesday night through Saturday night, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So five nights two grand there's six of us staying there do the math it's not that bad for the week you know um and you get to hang out with your friends there's kind of this you know extra bonus right uh that'd be cool like one year if just the whole youtube community bought out an entire hotel like we just went we're all staying in this hotel that'd be kind of cool Definitely. yeah i mean i know a lot of people are still looking for places i guess you can always book the hotel and then cancel later. And obviously the Airbnb is a better deal. But do you think that will disincentivize people from going to the show? Like the, the cost, gas prices, hotel costs, airfare, etc. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'm coming from California, so it's a more expensive flight flying to Philly. Then what are, it's either what Uber or train to get there. Plus, you know, if you can't get an Airbnb, it's a serious commitment. So I understand why a lot of people on the West coast might, might bow out. But if you're, if you're within striking distance, it's definitely worth going. I was busting your chops telling you to get your, your plane ticket. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you're in with Vladimir Putin and you knew the energy prices were going up. So uh, no, I didn't know that, but, uh, are you, uh, thinking of like what you'll do the trade night you think on thursday yeah i mean all that stuff's fun stop by if you're enjoying it you stay you know there's going to be a lot of people i think that you know like you said that within the youtube community there's a lot of groups that you can meet up with you got the the stealth group you got the vince group you got the lou rock group uh some of these guys all unite too so it's fun you know slowly meeting more people over the years and then you know, meeting some people for the first time who, you know, you've communicated with on YouTube or wherever, Instagram, and they're generally uh, much taller in person, I found. Yeah, like, uh, like Bob Lewis. Everybody says Bob Lewis is always taller. Um, did you, like, I've never met Jake in person, and he's staying with us, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking for, there's a lot of people. I've never met Ray from Philly in wow. person, and he's he was my first friend on you like that i met through the community that i actually talked to outside of and my wife you know julie thought i was nuts and uh i probably was but 
you know. You're talking to some stranger on YouTube. Like, what first got you watching YouTube videos back in the day? Who were the first guys you would watch? Oh, I would watch, you know, Puff Bear, 359. Like, some of you new folks won't. Like, people say, oh, Mike, you're an OG, or Josh, you're an OG. And like, no, not even close. <laughs> not even close. Uh, but Puff Bear, because he had a cool room, you know, um, where he had all this stuff set up. Uh, guys like AR Falk 77, um, but Mike O, Wesker Griff, guys that are still in the community today were some of the first ones. Right. Uh, Nate, Tops 85401, uh, and he, they, he used to have a show, uh, Baseball Card Junkies TV. That was a great so, one. All of that stuff, man. What about you? Yeah, uh, a lot of the same guys, uh, Mike O, Wesker Griff, Lee Co, and then met Nate. And some of like the Northern California crew at a show and they're super warm. And so um, kind of got in through that way. Um, I'd seen a couple of your videos. I didn't know if we'd get along and then we meet in person and it was just like easy. So, you know, you just introduce yourself. Don't be shy. And seems like you already have a lot in common, right? I mean, what percentage of people collect cars, right? It's already not, not that many people when you think about the whole U.S. So you, you didn't think you didn't think we would get along? Are you serious? I didn't know. I mean, you're from Texas. I'm from California. I didn't know if you're gonna hate on me for that. Dodgers fan versus Rangers. You know, no, I thought we would, but you know, you know. Yeah, you don't know. But you just gotta introduce yourself, and like I said, people are super friendly, and um, you know, Rick and and others are, are super generous too. So it's a good crew. Yeah. So there's Sarah. Uh, pure ace is full, not able to make it to AC, had a blast last year and great to meet you both. Yeah. Sarah was one of those that I met. She goes, Hey, I saw your video. You need this card. I saw it. Like she helped me find a card that I wanted in my collection just from watching it uh, or watching videos. And then she helped me out. Like I was just, that's what people, that's just so cool that she would do that and think about it. And yeah, definitely. Grew up a Dodgers fan, so definitely a Dodgers fan here. I even like Yankees fan here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard sometimes. Uh, been enjoying Golden Age of Cardboard for sports content. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, this is Josh's second appearance on Golden Age of Cardboard. We did an episode early in Golden Age where we talked about Dodgers greats, Drysdale, Koufax, Col Campanella, there's so many of them, right? I mean, and like I told uh, Joe the other night, you know, you're in Yankee Stadium. We went to Yankee Stadium. I hate the Yankees, like despise them, and yet appreciate the history and respect the history. You know, they have banners up of DiMaggio and Ruth and Gehrig and Mantle and all these guys, and I I love that stuff. And I and I and it was it's a great experience. The museum is super awesome at Yankee Stadium. I feel the same way about the Dodgers. Such a rich history. Uh, so many great players, and I just, as a baseball fan, appreciate that, respect that, love it. So, what happened to Beyond Cardboard? Uh, good question, Vince. That was an old show I used to do. It kind of turned into Golden Age of Cardboard a little bit because I just have my friends on and we just talk and, and shoot the bull. But, uh, yeah, that was a good show. You got to bring that back some point. The Beyond Cardboard, yeah, it, it was an yeah, interview. It was his face. You should do an episode with him. Oh, yeah. Vince is now kind of out there. So he put himself out there with with starting with Joe. I don't know what Joe had to pay him to actually be on camera. 
I'm going to try to do a Beyond Cardboard with Andrew and I've said cards because I think he's only appeared on camera literally a couple a couple times. Yeah, he's like the Mexican Lucha Libre wrestlers who wear the mask. Ooh, like that would be hilarious like and good. Um, but we got 10 minutes. What else do you want to – what do you guys want to talk about? Y'all ask us some questions um, about either the national vintage collecting – uh, by the way, if y'all don't follow Rated Rookie on YouTube, highly suggest it. Uh, Josh's stuff is amazing. Just go watch his top top 100, top 50 videos at the end of the year, and you'll get a feel for the kind of stuff that Josh likes. Oh, I wanted to bring up a point because I you, you said something earlier about being ready to buy something you may not see at the National, right? And you're kind of be ready to pounce on it kind of thing. Last year, like I bought a Kobe rookie last year at the National. Like I'm not a basketball guy. But I, I'll buy stuff, and this is true of any show, but really true at the National, that I just think is cool. That I just think is like, man, that is different. It's it's neat. It, it would be great to have a great card, like, for example, the Kobe Tops Paper Rookie. Uh, I just, and I and I got a good deal on it, and I bought it from a friend. I'll never forget, you know, buying, I bought it from Eric, those back pages, uh, which it was amazing to get him to sell me a card, right? I mean, like, that's. No, a miracle. Um, before I get to any other questions that you guys have, sh another last plug for member super chats today. Get uh, today and tomorrow every stream gets you entered into the raffle for all the boxes that we're giving away. It also helps support signatures for soldiers. Uh, I can't wait to. We're going to take them a check at uh, the national for whatever you guys uh, donate. So appreciate that. Um, yeah, so question there, when you're thinking about, you know, you're, you're flying out to, to Philly and going to AC when you're on that plane, are you thinking about, okay, here's my budget. I want to spend the majority of that on, you know, the, the key mutual or the key cards I'm going after. And then I'll spend, you know, what, 10% on these kind of interesting things that I might come across, like the Kobe rookie or something fun or something unusual. Is that kind of how you're thinking about it or, you, just, you know, whatever you're at? Both, honestly, uh, because I think we all want to stretch our hobby budget as much as I'd rather buy a quant a quantity of quality, right? So I'm going to look, let's say at the usual 48 leaf, I'm going to look at comps a week before and kind of write down, okay, in this grade range, they go for this amount. And okay, that kind of gives me at least a ballpark, but no, I'd rather get as many cards as I can. So the idea of spending three quarters of my budget on one card makes me sad actually. Um, Cause that just leaves less room for other things that might come up. Right. I like to be able to act spur of the moment. Do you do the same? How do you do that? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to spend your whole budget on one card right away because that makes the rest of the show not quite as fun. I'll also bring a few cards that, you know, are doubles that I'm willing to trade into a deal. And so that's another benefit of the national race. You can potentially do trade plus cash for a deal. And yeah, I think it's fun to have uh, some oddball stuff. Like I picked up a Walt Disney card so long ago, or, you know, some things you're not necessarily top of your list are just fun and you rarely see um like some of these cards here that might only think of the beverage card yeah i saw that um 
Oops. Let's see. Uh, we got a good question here from buy high, sell low. Uh, you might think about changing your name. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, do you think now is the time to be buying vintage or will uh, prices come down with the rest of the market? What do you think, Josh? I mean, it's hard to imagine the, the market going up too much ahead of the, the national. Obviously, these things are hard to predict. But if you look at like the card ladder indices, everything's down from basketball to baseball to football, um, the low end, the high end, the mid end. It's all coming down recently in the last month and the last quarter. So it seems like there will definitely be some better buying opportunities at the national this year than obviously in Chicago. Um, will it be the bottom of the market? That's obviously really hard to predict, but both Mike and I are kind of in this for the long haul and we're looking to pick up pieces that, you know, aren't, aren't leaving anytime soon. So I'm kind of excited for it. You know, people like to complain no matter what, that when the market's high, they, they say they can't buy anything. And when the market's low, they say their cars aren't worth anything. So it's like, you can't have it both ways. Wow. Major, uh, another super chat out of Mexico. We've got Mexico, Canada, and U.S. dollars. International. So, I got some Brazilian family I got to reach out to right now. I'm telling you, Chasing Cardboard is, or not Chasing Cardboard, that's another show. <laughs> uh, Hobby Palooza is global. Like, right? We're global. Come on. Uh, what do you think about this question here, Josh? Uh, do you guys consider the Barry Bonds tops traded not vintage? I mean, for me, I think vintage is probably around... 80 and earlier, um, but everyone has their own definition of vintage. So for me, Barry Bonds has not been, it's more like, you know, my childhood. W what's your definition, Mike? I'm 80 and before, I, but I, I think, I also don't, I think pre, I think there are eras, right? You got pre-war era, then I call it the vintage era, which is basically 48 to 80. Then you got the overproduced era, you know, um, and you got modern and ultra modern eras. So, and that's always a moving timeline, right? Yeah. But I think if you, if you know it's ultra modern in 20 years, right? It'll have right. It'll have a new era. Like you'll just name it a different era. It'll be the junk slab era or the whatever, you know, vintage era is a fixed time. The pre-war era is a fixed time. We'll have these other fixed times as, as time moves on in the hobby. Uh, it's just easier to define it. Like there's no, like, if you think an 84 cards, a vintage card, that's okay. <laughs> like there's who cares what you call it and you're labeling it. It doesn't really matter. But typically when we're talking, you know, vintage, it's 48 to 80. And then pre-war is a whole nother ball of wax, you know? So, uh, thank you to Fernando. I know, by the way, Fernando is coming to his first national, uh, this year. So that's super. Introduce yourself, please. Yeah, say hi to everybody. Um, oh, we already did that one. Here's a question. How long do you think the PSA grading line will be? Oh, so I did it last year. Um, okay, we, we have three minutes to talk about this. If you're not in, if you're bringing cards for the weekend to get graded, don't do it. Don't even bother. They will be sold out of grading slots by Thursday afternoon, probably the pricing hasn't come out. So it's really hard to think what the demand might be out there. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, Otto, dude. It's really generous. And I love that comment. Thank you, Otto. Uh, 
really, really appreciate that. Wow. I'm kind of speechless. That's unbelievable. Uh, got back to stupid cardboard. Let's talk. Um, so if you, if you're wanting to bring cards to grade, the line's super long. I did a video last year. I walked the line after on third or Wednesday afternoon when people were turning cards in, it was 300 people deep, like no kidding. So be prepared to stand in line. Uh, and it, and it sucks because <laughs> to me, show time or floor time is valuable time. And yep. anytime I don't have to spend that standing in a stupid line is good. Yeah. Uh, so the difference, do that stuff. the difference this year is that uh, in Chicago, they were just grading there. Right. Um, but this year they're going to be grading at the show as well as taking stuff back to Newport and at the yep. headquarters. So, Maybe that'll change it a little bit, but I think you're right. If you don't get in early, it's just huge time suck, and you only have so much time to walk the the floor, right? Yeah, it uh, it's it's important to get there. Don't waste your show time, your floor time, sitting in the in the line. Like, uh, figure you know, go later in the day. Or obviously, I just said if you don't go by Wednesday or Thursday morning, you're not going to do it. Uh, you're not going to be able to make it happen the do all your paperwork beforehand that's another trick like fill out your submission form and all that where you literally just have to turn it in they go all right you said you have these three or four or ten cars or a hundred and they look at them yep good and you and you you're off and running once you get to the front of the line so be prepared um josh any final thoughts as we uh wrap this up thank you for being here by the way thanks man uh yeah appreciate you bringing me in out of the bullpen this was fun uh enjoyed chatting with you and i can't believe how generous people were that was awesome to see yeah that was amazing um again great question by the way and and welcome to the vintage abyss that you're going to fall into it's fantastic what's the value difference between white white and grayback it can vary from set to set there is a difference so i don't have time to go into all of that but there is a difference and it's just the the scarcity of the back based on when they printed it that's all. Um, let's see. Andy says we set the bar high. By the way, Andy will be on in a couple of hours. Are you a guest on Andy's show too? Like, are you just making the rounds today with all your friends? I'm loyal to you, Mike. I'm just, I'm just doing this one. Got a busy weekend, uh, but this was fun. Andy, I think, is bringing on a surprise mystery guest, so that should be entertaining. I know who that is. It should be entertaining. Is the word I'll use. Uh, Dude, you know you only agreed to come on my show because I said you couldn't you stay at the National with us if you didn't. Like, that's not fair. I want to be your roommate. <laughs> well, you get to be. I'll, uh, everybody, thanks for showing up. Uh, next up is one of my favorites for the weekend. It's going to be Scott Reindeer Studios and Eric Four Leaf Cards. They're going to be doing a little, hey, they're drawing Jackie Robinson. Wow. Gosh. So go over there. Check that out. It'll be on the Bench Clear channel. Thanks, everybody, for your generosity today so much. That was awesome. Catch you guys soon. Keep collecting. Thanks, guys. I got to end. So, yeah.